0: Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. This is season two, episode number 20, gonna be a verse-by-verse with Rick Maynard. What we do on the verse-by-verse, we go through the Word of God, we break it down, we dive in deep, and so we encourage you, get in the Word. The Word changes your life, the Word gives you direction, And the word is just simply awesome. So Rick Maynard, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good. Good morning. Glad to have you here, taking us through the word each and every week. Before we get into it today, we want to encourage you guys, as always, to like, share, subscribe, Give it to, tell someone else about the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We just want to give you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. We do that in a variety of ways. We have Grace Point with Greg and Kelly. We have the verse-by-verse. Verse. We bring in people for interviews, sharing their testimonies and stories. Uh, we have the retro series, all kinds of good stuff here at the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We hope that you will check out all the episodes. You can even go back and listen to the whole archive. Well, we are in 1 Kings chapter 8 with Rick Maynard, and we're going to dive right into it.
1: Okay. If you're... Uh... A regular listener, then you know we're in the middle of uh, Solomon's prayer of dedication for the temple. Uh, we break that down, and I, you know, it's not that you have to analyze everybody's prayer, but if there's a prayer in the Bible, it must be meaningful enough that they decided it needed to be there. So, so we're just going to keep reading. Um, if you need to catch up, you'll just have to go back and find where we were before. But verse 28, 828 says, "'Yet give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy.' O oh, Lord, my God, hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence this day. So, uh, it's not that the temple was the only place for God's uh, presence. We've talked about that before; that His presence is is everywhere. But you know, you can walk and look at that temple and say, "Man, this is a, a beautiful place." And you can go on and on about how magnificent the temple was, but it it represented God's presence. And yes, God's presence was there and they went into the Holy of Holies and all those kinds of things, but it's just not the only place for God's presence. Uh, people all over the world didn't have to walk into that place to, to get an answer to prayer or to feel mm-hmm. uh, God's presence in their life. And, it, and it, it goes back to that our feeling sometimes that as denominations, we were just kind of talking about that, but as denominations, how, you know, we don't have it all. But almost every denomination, they would say they don't feel that way. But somewhat they do. Right. I mean, <laughs> it, it's kind of like, uh, this is my opinion, and if it wasn't my opinion, I, if I found out my opinion was wrong, I'd get another opinion. Mm-hmm. You know. So uh, every denomination has their feelings about all these different things. But but this was a place of, of prayer and a place of uh, sacrifice. And I wrote down a statement. I think I actually put it on Facebook here a well while back. But the statement says, God doesn't need a place to live. We need a place to visit him. So – you're not building the church or in that time the temple so that god has a place to live and he can't be anywhere else in that situation but it was built as a place to visit him a place to go in and sacrifice and and prayers Uh, you know many people have a a place that they pray and a place that they Mm -hmm. study and and that place means something to them so uh, so it, it did have great meaning but you know, overall, it wasn't the only place for God's presence. Eight twenty-nine and 30, May your eyes be opened toward this temple night and day, this place of which you said, My name shall be there, so that you will hear the prayer your servant prays toward this place. Hear the supplication of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place. And when you hear, forgive. And he talks about... Uh, crying out, and there was a couple of, uh, I don't even know where these came from, but, you know, if you ask, what's the definition of prayer, you would get all kinds of, uh, you know, communication with God or uh, time when God speaks to me or time when I ask things from God, you get all kinds of things. But one of the things uh, the prayer has to do with, it says, to judge oneself. The prayer is a time that you examine yourself, mm-hmm. that you uh, line yourself up. Uh, if you're praying for something specific, you pray, you know that your will be done Lord in this situation and, and if I've got a problem and I've talked about this a lot um, but if I've got a financial problem the first place I need to look is myself you know people get a, a financial problem and well the devil right. is attacking my <laughs> finances and it's like no maybe Visa is attacking your right. finances I mean but so we do have to look inward if it's a, a health issue you know if you're dealing with health Number one, you look and say, you know, if I'm smoking and mm. I'm having lung problems, I shouldn't be praying for God to heal my lung problems if I'm not willing to quit smoking. So right. we examine ourselves. We look first to see if, if I'm in alignment. And then if you are in alignment, I mean, it doesn't mean we're perfect, but if I'm in alignment and I'm paying my tithes and I'm doing everything and I'm giving and I feel like I'm doing what God would have me to do with my finances, then I look it's something else, right? It's not God punishing me or God allowing me to be punished. So, um, so to judge yourself and then supplication—the definition for that says—to ask a favor, not because I deserve it. And most of the times when we ask, well, every time, <laughs> right? <laughs> every time we ask God for something, we don't deserve it. Yeah. I mean, that's—we have to realize
0: that, but. I'm going to start saying that more. Lord, I need a favor. Yeah, Lord,
1: can you can you do a favor for me? I know I don't deserve it. I mean, usually I deserve it, but this time yeah. I know I don't deserve it. But uh, And I, it's interesting. We're going to kind of come back to this later, but it says toward this temple, toward this place, uh, it's not just prayer within the building. And let me read. This is out of Daniel 6.10. It says, Now when David learned that the decree the decree had been published he went home to his upstairs room where the window opened toward Jerusalem three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed and then Jonah 2:4 says while inside the whale the whale i said i have been banished from your sight yet i will look again toward your holy temple so it's it's praying toward the temple and i it would be as if if we lived under that kind of law now You know, when you prayed at your house, you would need to turn toward the church. You're facing, I don't know if Daniel's, (laughs) I don't know if that was accidental. Yeah. Or if it was built that way or or whatever. But it was very significant during that time that that temple did have great, I mean, it wasn't Mm -hmm. just one of the churches, it was the church, I guess, Mm -hmm. is what you would say. Yeah. And so, so important that when you prayed, you needed to pray toward that temple. Yeah. Toward the presence.
0: Well, I know we have friends in our church that just came back from Europe, mm-hmm. uh, Eddie and Debbie, and they talked about yeah. how in every town, I can't remember what countries, they were in Germany or Germany mostly uh, I think, but how every town was the, the the main point or the main structure of every town was the church. Mm, yeah. And how there was such importance and centrality to it and all these kind of things right. to the right. church.
1: Yeah, we have a we have it like that here, but it's one of each denomination. Right. <laughs> That's yep. kind of the the issue here, but uh, and he and he mentions, and I don't know. I wondered about this because when it talks about Jonah, it says, "Yet I will look again towards your holy temple." I mean, he's in the belly of a whale. <laughs> I don't know how he knows what direction or <laughs> uh, what's going on there, but it, it's just the uh, the idea of what was important during that time. But and then it's it's interesting in this verse and several other verses. So we won't come back to it again, but it talks about when you hear forgive and it goes on and on in in many verses when you hear forgive when you hear forgive and I I just couldn't help but think how important that is and I you know I said even even in my life when I wasn't serving God like I should I don't really think I got away from God I was I was having this discussion with uh, Carla the other morning after worship uh, practice I you know I mean, I was drinking, not every day kind of thing, but, you know, on the weekend as a teenager. Uh, I was drunk when I was 13 for the first time. Um, I took acid when I was probably 15 or 16, two or three times with a friend of mine. And even though those things weren't right, I hadn't really turned away from God. It was always every night, and I know this sounds terrible, but Every night I was like, "Lord, forgive me, Lord, mm-hmm. forgive me." You know, <laughs> I knew it was wrong, and I was afraid to go to sleep. I was afraid I'd go to sleep, die, and yeah. go to hell. I mean, that's and that's the way we were taught that that's the way God judges. You know, it's like, like, I I think when the way I was raised is that God had a giant eraser, and if you're really good, he wrote your name in the book that day. Mm-hmm. and then he, well, <laughs> he was flip-flopping yeah, quite often back and forth <laughs> back and forth yeah you know but but forgiveness was so important and and even in my times of of not serving the lord and and i still do the last thing i say really in my thoughts or whatever every day is lord forgive me because i know that during the day sometime mm-hmm. i said the wrong thing i did the wrong thing i thought the wrong thing I ask for forgiveness every day. And I've heard people say, we don't have to do that. Yeah. That he he did that on the cross. And so once forgiven, always forgiven kind of thing. And so I've heard people say, you don't you don't ever have to ask for forgiveness mm-hmm. again because he forgave right. your past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. And I'm not so sure about that, but I also believe – he doesn't have the giant eraser. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Writing it down well, and the erasing Lord, it. The
0: Lord's prayer, right, involves mm-hmm. the specific wording: "Forgive us."
1: Yeah, forgive us our debts. As yeah. we, you know. So, uh, so I, I, it's very important. And again, you'll see it in many verses as we read through here. But uh, thirty-one and thirty-two. When a man wrongs his neighbor and is required to take an oath, and he comes and swears the oath before your altar in this temple, then hear from heaven and act, judge between your servants condemning the guilty and bringing down on his own head what he has done. Declare the innocent not guilty, and so establish his innocence. And so uh, this is talking about, uh, you know, those things when a man does wrong, uh, judge him. Solomon wasn't saying everybody else does wrong things, and I don't, but he was crying out for the man or... Coming to an agreement with what God said that, you know, I will judge, I will take care of these things. So all he's doing is asking for uh, what God said he would do. And I want to read just a couple of things. This is out of uh, Numbers uh, chapter 5 and um, where do we have? 5 11. And it says, um, okay, let me find my place here. It's, it says, and this falls under a test for an unfaithful wife. <laughs> so that's what we want to, you know. <laughs> well, it goes on and talks about the man, too, right. so we won't uh, get caught up there. But wives I'm not going to. Yeah, you wives, you listen to this out here. But <laughs> this is the way we're going to start um, examining to see if there's been an unfaithful wife in our church. So okay. we're going to go clear back to the book of Numbers. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites. And say to them, If a man's wife goes astray and is unfaithful to him by sleeping with another man, and this is hidden from her husband, and her impurity is undetected, since there is no witness against her, and she has not been caught in the act, and if feelings of jealousy come over her husband, and he suspects his wife and she is impure, or if he is jealous and suspects her even though she is not impure, Then he is to take his wife to the priest. He must also take an offering of a tenth of an ephah, of barley flour, on her behalf. He must not pour oil on it or put incense on it because it is a grain offering for jealousy, a reminder offering to draw attention to the guilt. The priest shall bring her and have her stand before the Lord. Then he shall take some holy water in a clay jar and put some dust from the tabernacle floor into the water. After the priest has had the woman stand before the Lord, he shall loosen her hair, place in her hands the reminder offering, the grain offering for jealousy, while he himself holds the bitter water that brings a curse. Then the priest shall put the woman under an oath and say to her, if no other man has slept with you and you have not gone astray and become impure while married to your husband, may this bitter water that that brings a curse not harm you. But if you have gone astray... While well, married to your husband, and you have defiled yourself by sleeping with man, a man other than your husband. Here the priest is to put the woman under this curse of the oath. May the Lord cause your people to curse and denounce you when he causes your thigh to waste away and your abdomen to swell. May this water that brings a curse enter your body so that your abdomen swells and your thigh waste away. Then the woman is to say, Amen, so be it. It's I mean, quite a... <laughs> Praise the Lord for the New uh, Testament. Yes, that's the way we need to go back to the Old Testament. So you better read this. Make sure you got it. You got it down. Well, I'm just saying about that. It's talking about uh, forgiveness and and Mm -hmm. how things are to. You know, this is the way you test for it. You're testing for the honesty and the integrity. And I will say, um, it's it goes on and talks about the man. We're not going to read all that because that's not important, right? You know, we don't want we don't want (laughs) to get into that. But it, it really, and I don't mean to be graphic because all I'm doing is saying what the word says. Mm-hmm. People don't realize how graphic yes the word of God is. But yep. it, for the man, we just read about the woman and what would happen to her. For the man, it was swelling in the sexual organs. Wow. What, I mean, that was the curse that would come on the man if he hmm. were brought to the priest being unfaithful. So even in those wow. times, we say, well, like the woman caught in adultery, says she was caught in the very act. Well, we always say what about the man? You know, it never talks about punishment for a man caught in mm. adultery, but in the Old Testament, it was it worked both ways. Right. For that man who was unfaithful, he had that the swelling in the sexual organs. She's talking about her abdomen swelling and I mean there was a a physical thing that you could see mm. that would happen to these people for for being involved in those sexual sins. So <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, the the sin in other words within the church they're bringing them to the priest these are people who probably were part of the church if you would and so we have i i believe that it's worse for a man to sin within the church than it is outside the church mm. you know to whom much is given much is required i think that a a, a pastor who has an affair i think that's worse than a non-Christian who has an affair. Now, we can say, oh, no, 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 all sins are the same. All sins are the same, but the consequences and the damage those things do are not the same. Mm-hmm. So you can't say stealing a candy bar is just as punishable as abortion. You know, yeah. those things. So don't, uh, you know, be careful when you say, well, all sins are the same. They're not all the same. Mm-hmm. The consequences for what yeah. happens and and how many people that affects? Yeah, you know, you talked about that last night.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: doesn't just affect the person, right? It affects the, yep. the church, the hurt
0: within the church. So. Yeah, and you and you see not to dive, I guess, uh, try to be accurate, but kind of I've read some of these articles of uh, in terms of whether it be uh, sexual diseases, STDs, et cetera, et cetera things like that. Mm-hmm. You know that obviously that they are. People that are sleeping around and right. you know, the percentages are significantly greater mm-hmm. in the context of people. So what are they doing? They're they're sinning and sin increases all of these right. physical diseases. You right. know, you know, we look at something like the Old Testament and be like, Oh, that's an old corny passage there of like mm-hmm. something bad's gonna happen to you physically by doing that. Oh, that's old and irrelevant. Mm-hmm. But the reality is today we see all these you know, I mean, homosexuality, STDs, right. sexual immorality that it releases mm-hmm. not just bad things spiritually, but literally physically right. uh, in your life. And, you know, I've been in Africa before where um, the areas where there's high HIV right. and even countries, secular countries like that have now acknowledged what's the best way to prevent sexually transmitted diseases, abstinence, mm. or I. Strange thought. doing it God's uh-huh. way or following right. God's order or way of things protects you physically Mm -hmm. and spiritually you know right which we see in the old testament and the new as well
1: right well and we you know the problem with the uh, uh, sin within the church is it affects not only the church i mean obviously if if my pastor has uh, an affair and yes it affects him and affects his wife and it affects the church because i'm a member here and i held you to a higher standard or Whatever. So yes, it hurts the church, but it hurts outside the church because mm-hmm. now it just gives all those people that were against church. It's not necessary. Well, your pastor cheated on his wife. You know what kind of Christians you're. You guys are no better. I never cheated on my wife. Yeah. You know, and I don't claim Christianity. I mean, there's, you know, there's it. It's like you say. It's just so far reaching to your family, to the community, even. Because I'll guarantee you, if you have an affair. This whole town's gonna know. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll spread. Uh, bad news spreads way faster than good news. Good for news, sure. yeah. So, um, and I, you know, the thing about those things too, for if they were found not guilty, the exact opposite. So it wasn't just like, okay, you're not guilty, you can go home now. It wasn't that simple. It, it for the uh, for the woman it. And we didn't read all of that. You can go back and read that. But for the woman, she was granted health and fertility. So I just talked about hmm. her abdomen swelling, her thighs wasting away. I believe that's probably part of a sexual type disease too. Yeah. I think that's a nicer way of saying right, it. Right, right. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a disease. But not only if she's innocent, it's almost like it's almost like God is rewarding them for being pure. So because they had to go through this test to to prove that they were pure, God grants them mm. above what what they may have gotten in their normal life. So for the woman it says she's granted health and fertility and for man he's granted good health and blessed with children. Same, they both get the same blessing and the curse for that was damage to their bodies in the reproduction area and the blessing for not being guilty of those things was fertility and good health and mm-hmm. all of those things. So you're exactly right. You can relate it to, you know, the STDs and things that we have today. It affects all of yeah. those things. But God says, well, you know what? If you if you remain pure, then you won't have those. I mean, it's pretty simple. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't yep. have to have abortions. Most of those are. I don't have those statistics, but right, I would say right, most of yeah. them are single. Yep. people that don't want a baby—they're yep. not husband and wife. Most husbands' and wives, mm-hmm. if they yep. have a baby, they usually keep it and <laughs> raise it. And they might not have been planned. I know on the, uh,
0: it. I can hear the the argument from the other party regarding that, but mm-hmm. that's the reality. Is is majority of those abortions are not right. coming from? Oh, it's a husband and wife, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's coming from living lifestyles that are.
1: Yeah, most husbands and wives, I believe, if if they get pregnant, it might not have been planned, but they're like, well.
0: You know, yep.
1: <laughs> we didn't plan on this. I, I don't know about you. When I had my twins, we weren't planning on starting a family. Right. <laughs> I mean, we really weren't ready mm-hmm. for that. And, you know, she got pregnant, we raised the, raised the twins. So anyway, we'll move on. We're not having a yeah. podcast on... Uh, it's not you know, a podcast on fertility yeah, today or... Fertility, <laughs> fertility and abortion. So uh, verse 33 and 34, when your people Israel had... To, have been defeated by an enemy because they have sinned against you. And when they turn back to you and confess your name, praying and making supplication to you in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive, there's that word forgive again, the sin of your people Israel and bring them back to the land you gave to their fathers. So uh, one of the uh, Hebrew uh, versions of this says, when your people Israel is smitten before an enemy, um, you know, you, you look at things, that's why I say not everything is a punishment from God. So you look at your life and say, have I done something that deserves this? Well, in this case, it's saying uh, when they've been defeated by an army, why? Because they've sinned against you. So many times, in especially Old Testament times, many times when those guys went out and fought and they lost the battle, they came back saying, Lord, did we do something wrong? And he was like, yeah, you did. Mm. You know, you didn't wait for my, my word. You didn't wait for my timing. So um, it's, a, it's when they turn back and confess, uh, then hear from heaven, forgive their sin, so and bring them back. In other words, it's, it's saying don't just kill them all and be it's, – it's more about repentance. It, it's like those in the church. They leave the church, uh, quit going to church anywhere, and they come back and be and they're repentant for what they've done or whatever. You want to welcome them back, you know. Lord, bring them back to to right relationship. That's what yes. he's that's what he's asking for. And um, and uh, I, I want to talk about just for a second here about unintentional sin. And you know, I know there's people. I hear, I heard somebody said to me one time, "Well, you know, it it'd really be better off." If we hadn't even heard about God, because <laughs> right. then we just automatically get to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And I, I tried to explain that it really doesn't work that way either. Yeah, because it says every man is without excuse. Yep. So somehow there's a, a judgment on on everyone, but there's unintentional sin that I didn't know about. You know, as I've grown, I've learned to not do some things that I used to do because I was just ignorant of. He's mm-hmm. like, well, right, I, right, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that. Yep. Of course, I was raised assembly of God. You weren't supposed to do anything. <laughs> so, so it kind of fit, right. I'm sorry, <laughs> slamming the assembly of God uh, this morning. But um, but I, I, there's a couple of places, and you can go read these. We're not going to read them this morning. But when people realized their sin, and one is in Second um, Kings 22, and this is Josiah. And they come to Josiah, and I'm putting it in a nutshell here, and they say, we found the book of the law when they were going through uh, the temple. And so they bring that to Josiah, and he begins to read it, and it says he tears his robe. In other words, that was their sign of anguish over what had happened. what happened was uh, they were reading things and finding out that they hadn't been doing the right thing. And he corrected that. If you read that story, he begins to say, "Hey, bring this back, get these things out of the temple." He began to do all that because he didn't know. You know, we think, "Well, how could he not know?" Not everybody had a copy of the Bible. You know, they weren't they weren't like we are. Right. Yep. You know, I shouldn't be able to claim ignorance if I've got a, if I've got a Bible that would yeah. show me what <laughs> right. to do and That's not to point. do. Yeah. And so but back then they didn't have not everybody had a copy so they were living in a in a a time where the book had been lost and when it comes back and he finds out he's been doing the wrong thing and that's totally contrary to somebody saying well i wish i'd have never heard Mm -hmm. because then i just get to automatically go to heaven yeah well what they were saying is man i'm so glad that i found out what i shouldn't be doing yes yeah and And it happened again in uh, Nehemiah chapter chapter 8 with Ezra. They found the book of the law. Ezra stands up and begins to read, I mean, for like all day. I mean, he's just reading and people are gathered around. And and, and Ezra is repentant and the people are repentant because they begin to hear things. And it says, in Ezra's case, somebody was explaining it. It's what we're doing here today. I don't know at all, but we're trying to... Mm-hmm. not add to the word, but explain some things, yes. talk about some things. So that, that teaching is so important. That's why if you want to say church is not important, well, look here. at They were so happy that they came to the church, in other words, yeah. and found out, I mean, they wept because I didn't know I wasn't. I've been doing this and God was unhappy and I didn't know the difference. Mm-hmm. And so new converts who come to the church they need somebody yeah to in, in ezra case he stood in the pulpit in other words yeah and read that it's he was preaching a message you might have been reading word for word but people were attentively listening to that because they wanted to know yeah you know, we should want to please god so much that if there's something wrong man you know when i read the word lord show me that i need to live differently in this area if if I'm in the church service, I don't know it all. When you yeah. preach a sermon, I, I'm saying, Lord, <laughs> yep. you know, reveal things to me in, in that sermon. Not every sermon's going to fit me, but something in every sermon probably fits me. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, yeah. well, it just brings up that reiterate that reality or that truth of it's not so much about when we talked about holiness, doing what is right or wrong, but I think that the heart of every believer should be my one desire is to please right. you and to remove things that might hinder you. You know, I, I'm and right. we can have these discussions or arguments about maybe some things that we don't have uh, specific a specific Bible verse or scripture for, you know, mm-hmm. where some people may like, well, can I do this? Or can I do that? You know, or, right. and what where's that heart's, you know, the heart issue, where's is that springing forth from is it because you want to, to right. do it so that you can do it and get away with it right. and feel comfortable. Or is there, you know, I almost question if you're really searching that out and searching for an answer, maybe mm-hmm. the answer is no regarding that thing, right? Because you're trying to figure out You know, how much it's that whole truth of how much can I give God as opposed to how much can I not give him and still, you know, make it to heaven. Uh, If I die today, I'm still going to make it those types of things. And so I think that's the balance we play out through the generations. Especially in our generations of whether it be movies, culture, music, et cetera, mm-hmm. these issues, drinking or non drinking, drinking one drink a day, all, the, all right. these kind of things. The issue becomes what's the heart? The heart that says, God, I want to please you and, right. and take things out of my life that could be a hindrance, could be an obstacle, could be a barrier that, that keeps me from being really, really close mm-hmm.
1: to you. Well, it's, you know, and I've heard that same thing too, especially like when I went to Willowcrest those kids now if i smoke will i go to hell you know right. if i drink will i go to hell i mean that's that's kind of the the issue and i this may be a terrible example but <laughs> but i use the example if if my wife said to me you know i won't divorce you if you sleep around it would hurt me but i won't mm. divorce you so should i go sleep around even though i know it's going to hurt her but I know she won't divorce me. So the concern shouldn't be whether or not she's going to divorce me. It should be whether I'm going to hurt her. Yeah. And and that's exactly what you're saying. The issue should not be, can I do this or mm-hmm. or will it send me to hell? But how does it make God feel? And do I not care about it, how he feels as long as I still get to go to heaven? That's yeah. kind of that, that issue. Yep. So um, uh, 834. 536, when the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because your people have sinned against you, and when they pray toward this place and confess your name, so it really is just going back and kind of saying the same thing that he said in some of these other verses, but when they pray toward this place and confess your name and turn from their sin because you have afflicted them, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, there's that word forgive again, your people Israel, teach them the right way to live and send rain on the land you gave your people for an inheritance. So there's not always a uh, a uh, there's not always a reason for calamity that we it's not always a curse of God. You know, mm-hmm. I hear people say, "Well, California, right. ca- California's on fire." <laughs> well, it's no wonder the way they live out there. You yeah, know, those liberals out there. Yeah, I California. heard one time uh, when Joplin had the tornado. Yeah, well, right, right. those gay bars and. Stuff they have so many gay <laughs> bars in Joplin, and that's probably why. It, you know, uh, that's yeah. just not reality. If God speaks and says, "I'm mm-hmm. going to do this," if you don't, you know, someday, yes, He's going to destroy this earth. Yep. You know, for the the sin of people, but you can't point the finger. It's just like when they said, "Who sinned?" When the guy had a disease, who <laughs> sinned? Well, yeah, absolutely nobody. It doesn't mean that. It's just. That's the way things happen sometimes. So, um, but so there's not always that specific reason for calamities and things that happen. And I'm gonna uh, I'll wind it up here. But uh, we're gonna read some things in Leviticus that talk about a reward for obedience and punishment for disobedience. There are things that are directly related to something that I've done. There's things that are related to my sin in my life. That I that I have consequences. It's like to say God does forgive, but you live with consequences. Yeah. You know, people I know people who are sitting in a wheelchair today because they uh, were drunk driving and had an accident. I'm not saying God said, Okay, you're gonna be in a wheelchair because you did that. Yeah. But they've not been healed. They've prayed about that. And at some point I think of that uh, Johnny Erickson Tata that's, mm-hmm, okay. Yep. you know, she was crippled from a skiing accident. She's not been healed. I, I have to wonder, and I wouldn't know without talking to her, but at some point, do you just say, the Lord's not going to heal me? You know, I have this ministry that's based on, I probably have, have won more people to the Lord. I've influenced way more people mm-hmm. in this cripple condition than I ever would have in, a, in another way. I'm not asking for God to heal me anymore. Mm-hmm. He's pretty much said no to that, that he's not going to do that. So I'm not asking for that anymore. But there, there are th- those things you can say that was a result of driving drunk. That was a result of something foolish mm-hmm. that you did. So there are some things that are directly uh, tied. And I, I'll finish with this. This statement, and I hear people say God doesn't bring things on us. God doesn't make you cripple. God doesn't make you sick or, or whatever. But it says here, when they turn from their sin, why? Because you have afflicted them. There are things that the Lord brings on, mm-hmm. and and I, I've always said it's that it's that uh, fine line between does God cause it, or God, does God allow it? And I'll give my Example that I've used many times. (laughs) If you're if you're standing out here next to the road, getting ready to cross the street, and there's a car coming down the street, and I'm standing there, and I realize that you're going to walk out in front of that car, so I say I holler, you know, get out of the way. There's a car coming, and you move. That would be what the normal person. But what if I just stood there, and it's like, well too bad but you know pastor jeremiah is going to be run over by a car
0: Mm
1: -hmm. right out here in front of the church (laughs) so i wasn't driving the car so i didn't i didn't cause it but i allowed you to walk out in front so honestly there's a very fine line between causing something and allowing something and i don't think god's up there with this you know oh you're going to be sick today because you did this. Oh, you're going to have an accident because you did that. I don't believe it works like that, but I do believe God causes or allows, however you want to look at it, things in your life, and that's why we have to search ourselves every day. Search me, O oh Lord. Yeah. See if yeah, there be any right, wicked right. way in me. And I think that's why I don't want calamity in my life. You know, yes, I'll grow through that if I, you know, if that comes and I need to learn lessons. But I don't want it. But the first thing I'm going to do is say, mm-hmm. now, Lord, have I done something? Yeah. You know, or is this just because there's sin in the world and it's something I have to deal with? Mm-hmm. So so anyway, we're going to finish there. We'll read some of those things about reward and punishment for uh, obedience and disobedience. So.
0: Well, everything was flowing really good there, Rick. Now you got us all thinking all deep for the rest oh, of the day. Man. We're going to be thinking yeah. about our life, our situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big, the little, like, is this my fault? Is it God's right. fault? We're going to be totally stressed out now for the rest of the day.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, it's always our fault. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the issue. So.
0: Right. Hey, bless you guys. Thanks for listening to the Grace Point Daily Podcast, verse by verse edition with Rick Maynard. Again, we're going through the the word just each and every week. Go check out those pr- previous episodes, but check out First Kings chapter 8. Keep reading with us. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll talk to you next time.